you know, with with this all in mind, uh, you talk about your distributors, right? How does that relationship work? I mean, are they almost like affiliates where they get a percentage of any of the sales uh, that they send you or how does that work? Yeah, so they, they come out of a, a ready-made industry where they re already reselling other products manufactured by suppliers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to How to Scale an Agency. We're going to be focusing on all the ways in which your business can grow and scale online as a digital marketing agency. The digital marketing agency space has never been easier to get into. And on this podcast, we're going to help uncover all the tricks and tools of the trade that digital marketing agency owners are doing today to help them achieve the scale necessary to be wealthy, prosperous, and do good in the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, everybody. Thank you for watching this next episode of How to Scale Your Agency. I'm here with Chris Jenkins with Gotcha, a platform that helps companies scale. Chris, thanks for being on the show. I'd love to hear your take on Gotcha. Hi, Lucas. Thanks for having me. Gotcha is a digital agency that resells our services through a distribution channel. We've got you know, a nationwide network of marketers who already sell other products and services to their clients. So they already have relationships with their customers and digital marketing is somewhat new to them. New, new to them as far as uh, selling, but certainly not new. It's not new to anybody, right? We're all right. exposed to digital marketing. So we basically recruit them into our platform and then train them and support them in selling our products and services to their customers. So we do typical digital agency type stuff, uh, development, uh, SEO, online advertising. Yeah. And then uh, our platform, we developed a couple of proprietary products. We've got probably the world's most powerful blogging and social posting tool. It's a curation product, but it's it's like a 800 pound gorilla uh, that drives massive traffic to websites. We have one customer getting over a million visitors to the articles that we're posting every year. We do typical uh, local SEO programs, but it's a lot of hands-on, a lot of uh, GMB management. And then uh, we developed Gotcha Places, which is a service area tool. It's a powerful automated tool that kind of maps out location pages tied to keywords on client websites. So they show up in searches away from their local area. Right. And finally we have a, a reviews product that, you know, it's proprietary. We built it from the ground up, but you, there's a lot of reviews products out there. We like ours because all of our products are installed on a customer's website. So that's, pretty much, uh, pretty, oh, and we have our own proprietary analytics package or program software that we built, which, um, we were a little disappointed with analytics because everybody uses Google studio and they, they, they send a Google studio to a client it's full of a bunch of charts and a bunch of stuff and customers go, oh, cool. And then they never look at it again. So our <laughs> analytics streamline all that information we pull from not only Google Analytics, but SEMrush and a number of other areas, including our own products. And what we do is show them the filter all the way down the conversions. So mm. they love it because at the end of the day, that's why they're paying the money. That's why they hire a digital agency. They want to know how many phone calls have you got me? How many leads have you got me? How much money have you made me? How much do you charge? 
So our services range, right? So on, on the one hand, it's all custom. So, you know, we'll build websites anywhere from, I'd say 10 to 25K is our niche. Uh, when you get into larger web builds, they're larger companies and the, the politics and the going back and forth can be a, a little daunting. So we like the quick builds. It takes us about four weeks to, to build a website. Seven, eight people touch that website on my team. Um, and then our products and services are going to range from 500, well, from 75 a month all the way up to 500 a month. And then if there's any customization, uh, they can go up from there. You guys started off as a marketing agency, correct? And then you went into software. Is that how it worked? Well, yeah. So I w I've always been in sales my whole life. Mm -hmm. The previous company that I worked at, I was VP of sales, uh, working the di uh, distribution channel primarily because I came from that channel. So they had a product they wanted me to introduce to that channel. And then in about, at about, it was probably like 2010, you know, digital marketing was like, the talk, right? But only 30% of cell phones were smartphones. I mean, so it was still in its infancy. Right. And, you know, we had brought in three products to sell through our channel, a QR code dashboard, because I thought QR code, I didn't even understand them, but I thought they were like the next big thing, a right. mobile website builder and an SMS messaging platform. And I left that company, I took those three products with me and I really knew nothing about digital marketing. So I was reliant, I know everything about sales. So I was selling to the distribution channel. We had several hundred people on the platform and then I had a problem with my platform partner. I immediately hired a team out of India to help me build and develop replicated platform. Mm -hmm. uh, we launched it in a couple of weeks and from that point forward, I was in the development business. I learned really quickly that outsourcing isn't necessarily the best way to build a business. So today we're in seven countries, but everybody's full-time employees. I, I have an HR full-time HR person awesome. that manages everybody. It's a whole different thing, but we do leverage, we leverage lower cost labor. Like I got people on my team with double masters that speak, you know, five languages and, and I pay mm -hmm. them less than $20 an hour. So. That's wow. And um, do you have a physical office in, in the States or is, is that, that people yes. like to go into? Yes. Okay. So we're headquartered out of Dallas. I mean, I'm in my home now, but, and I've gotten kind of comfortable. I think a lot of businesses <laughs> have, I let the lease, the lease is about to go up on our offices. So I'm, I'm going to let that lease go up. Everyone's working remote. And I just built a house quite a distance away, about 40 minutes from the office. So we're looking at space out here, but yeah, I mean, it used to be, you have to have an office. See, first of all, clients don't come to us. They come to my distributors, mm -hmm. but it's important for people to have a place to go to work. And that was always the mantra, but after COVID it's like, nobody wants to leave. We've all kind of right. adjusted to working remotely. And yeah. I literally built my business on Skype. I mean, I don't use Skype anymore, but literally built my business with remote workers and, you know, millions of words on Skype. Yeah. That, that's very interesting. Yeah. I know for me too, I was, I was before the pandemic, I was from home. Definitely. I'm curious. Uh, let's definitely touch on the software and then also touch on those distributors because one thing about our show is that I've noticed agency owners tend to fall into two categories. One, they are 
building like a generational business where they want to hand off their business to their kids, which is not mutually exclusive to the second point, which is a lot of agency owners tend to want to do an agency and then get into software. And there's a third type, which is just people who love digital marketing and they only want to run an agency, which is very common, obviously, but there is a significant amount of people who want to get into software. So I'm curious, like, especially for myself, because I'm trying to get into software too, what advice would you give somebody who's, who runs an agency, who's looking to get into software and sell software to their clients? So that's a really, really good question because software development, it's different than website development. Like, you know, first of all, it, you use backend developers to build. Also, you, there's a learning curve. You got to, you know, there's software architecture. So you have to be able to map out your, your vision, your specs and what it is that you want as much in the beginning of your project as possible, because what will happen is you start down a road of development and then you have an idea and then you have an idea and a feature, an idea and a benefit and a feature and a benefit and a feature. And pretty soon your backend developers kill themselves. So yeah. not literally, yeah. but I mean, it yeah. just becomes a very, very expensive uh, uh, journey to go on. I think going into software is great. I think, you know, I'm, there's a lot of people that are building uh, software. So my advice is you've got to be as unique as possible. I mean, you know, you can go to some of these websites, these marketplaces, and you can buy ready-built software and suddenly you're a software owner and you're in the software business. Yeah. I mean, we own, I don't know, probably dozens and dozens and dozens of those kinds of things just because I... I bought, I, I, in the beginning, I, if it was shiny and new, I bought it, you know, right. so I've got like SEO audit tools and all the, this crap that I thought I was going to repurpose. And when I really got into them, I realized that they're just not unique. So yeah. building something that's uniquely you and yours is, you know, the ultimate goal. Otherwise yeah. you're just a, another genetic copy, you know, you're just a copy <laughs> of a copy of a copy and right. the market's not dumb. Yeah. Well, you only need to be right once, right? You know, you have, you have yeah. to have one idea that's contrary to the markets that, you know, is right. And then you hit that grand slam. I think it was, I just read this book called $100 million offers, which is a really good book. And uh, he talks about this quote from Jeff Bezos, which is a pretty popular one about how, you know, in baseball, you, you, if you hit a home run, you get four runs, but in business, if you hit a, a grand slam, right, you actually can hit a thousand runs because it's just such a massive ROI uh, from just one good decision. So yeah, being different is one way to definitely, definitely, definitely get that one decision right. But let's talk about, you know, when you talk about things like it's expensive to get, I mean, how much did you have to put into that software to get it off the ground? Yeah, was so it hundreds of that, thousands of dollars or tens of thousands? Yeah, millions at this point, but- Millions, but, wow. was yeah, to get it off the ground sure. or just to get it? No, 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 okay. no, over the course, over over the, the course of its life. But right. because it's forever evolving, we're on our third version of the platform. And, nice. you know, tech continues to, to evolve and change and your ideas in the marketplace, you know, is always, Always developing so you have to be adaptable but you know literally we launched our business with no money I mean we all do right um, friends and family so buddy of mine was like I've got a $20,000 line of credit you know I believe in you and you know you take that 
and then you run out of it real quick and then you look for the next see i've always been a hustler my whole life so if literally you could pick me up and drop me anywhere and i'll start earning right away one way or the other i'll figure out how to make some money maybe not in in digital marketing but i will earn some money and so when i launched my company i had i i applied all of that all of those skills to what we were offering so yeah we were at least very quickly able to generate you know enough money to like keep going you know it's kind of like that game I don't know if you ever played that that video arcade game where you're driving a car and you're on a track and if you can make it around that track on a you know in a certain amount of time it says extended and that's <laughs> what I feel like the 11 years of my company has been it's like cuz you keep pumping money in and growing and expanding and you got to make it around that track and hit that extended mark where the cash flow comes in and you you've got enough juice to Yeah. Keep. Yeah. That's that's super interesting. And so when you think about your services and your software, sounds like you still do both. How do you think about that relationship? One thing that I am doing at the moment is I am basically having my clients be the initial users of my software because I don't have to, I don't have to try as hard to get new users. And then I get that Mm -hmm. data and then I make it better. And I just answer, I try to make a product or a feature for every single one of their needs and just make it better, you know, cause you already have that, that laboratory. So I'm curious, do you see it the same way or how do you go about yeah. making your software in relation to your service customers? That's a really, really good question because customers use the platform, which is our software to manage the products, which is kind of a part of that software, mm-hmm. but out of necessity. Um, so we handle a lot of medical customers, right? And, you know, they're running like spine, spine, uh, bariatric pain management, foot and ankle, uh, urology. So these guys run big ad campaigns. And at the end of the day, all they care about for the most part are surgeries or the big money, big money, medical procedures that they perform as a result of these campaigns. And so in the early days, you know, we were full of Google studio, you know, sheets and just trying to show our value. And then I realized, you know, I need something more and there was really nothing out there. So we built it. And that, that, right. that was a, a very, very simple CRM that pulled data in from multiple areas and then had doctor logins where, where we required them to tell us what was the result of the lead. Did it go to clinic? Right. Was it referred out? Did it go to surgery? So all of a sudden we were able to tell a customer, okay, so you spent $560,000 over the last year on ad spend, but you booked $13.2 million in surgeries. So all of a sudden you justify your existence. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's a digital marketer's dream, right? I mean, how do you substantiate or justify the money that your customers are paying you? And everybody says ROI, ROI, well, what is that? What does that look like? You know? Yeah. You know, with, with this all in mind, uh, you talk about your distributors, right? How does that relationship work? I mean, are they almost like affiliates where they get a percentage of any of the sales uh, they send you or how does that work? Yeah. So they, they come out of a, a ready-made industry where they re- already reselling other products manufactured by suppliers. Mm-hmm. So they're used to looking at a retail price and making 40 to 30% commission off of those prices. And so that's, 
how they make their money. Now we go out, uh, we bring them into webinars, we introduce them. A lot of them know nothing really about digital marketing. A small 80-20 rule, 20% 20 of them are real savvy, but 80% of them are, you know, they've just been in the industry for so long, making a good living in it. The industry's changing and, and it's right. metamorphosing into these massive online stores. It's, you know, it's kind of like the fuller brush salesman. I, there's a book I read and he, he, he did an interview and went out uh, on a day, a day trip with the last living fuller brush salesman. Now, I never heard of a fuller brush, but in the forties <laughs> and fifties, they were one of the biggest growing companies around and they were just scrub brushes and they would go door to door and they would like sell these scrub brushes. And he, he went out with the last living fuller brush salesperson. And I thought, you know, it's like the buggy, the buggy whip, you know, if you're, and especially in digital, yeah. You, know, you invest your heart and soul into the work that you do or the software that you build. And it's fueled by maybe these massive dreams of big money. I can't tell you. I remember when I first launched my company and then we started developing some of our products. I told my kids, get ready. 90 days. That's all I need. 90 days. We're going to be rich. I'm talking a hundred million. <laughs> we're going to get there. And what I realized is kind of like, it's like in Vegas or when you go out and you drive out of Vegas and you go into those mountains and you're like, Hey, let's, let's run to that mountain over there. And you, yeah. you know, four hours later, you barely cross the valley, you know? Right. And we, I, maybe we're supposed to be like that. That's how we're built. Right. Let's go. Yeah. To that mountain. Let's go. Come on. Come on. But yeah, but I think if you understand that, that journey, you're going to be in the desert for a long, long time before you hit that mountain. Yeah. We all hear about those, flash and pan, big, big hits. And those guys that make it really big, you know, really fast, but then we don't know how many years it took for them to get to that point or how much experience it took. It's and usually a while. That's a, that's for sure. Well, 10,000 hours, you hear that. Yeah. And, and there's always people out there trying to demystify the 10,000 hour thing, but there's no substitute for experience. No, there isn't. There really is not. It's, it is very interesting um, to see. And, and I think that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell yourself short. If you guys are doing over $5 million in revenue, it, how much of that is software revenue? Is that the majority of it software revenue or do you guys do a yeah. mix? So, so it's about half and half. And, and that's a really good question too, because, and here's why. First of all, I'd much rather build once for 10,000 people yeah. than, <laughs> you know, build once then I have to build 10,000 times. Right. And that's right. like the website and the development and everything I look at, I want to be the best I can be at. In other words, right. I'm just not going to slap a website together and put a bunch of gibberish on it and sell it to you and take your money. Yeah. You know, I literally want to make sure that the website I'm building is not only good looking and is going to convert for you and it has proper SEO. It's hysterical. Every web designer, every digital agency plugs SEO, SEO, SEO. I literally have a team of nothing but SEO experts and our software is SEO centric. It just makes me smile. So anyway, so you, when you invest that much into the quality of what you're doing and the market isn't demanding the money that it takes. In other words, if you're building Bentleys, but yeah. there's very few people that'll buy a Bentley, 
then then you're kind of you're kind of stuck what do you do right so how do you how do you become the henry ford of web development where at least what you're producing you know is a race car for a client but it's affordable and so all of our custom work has just swallowed up time yeah and, and therefore you know revenues as well i mean we, you get stuck in and just so we're we're working really hard to kind of phase away from custom development even though yeah. i love doing it because we really figured it out that's we awesome build really cool really good well-performing websites that's amazing and it's 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 definitely cool to see like uh you know that artisan craftsmanship but i would say you know one thing um i definitely regret i mean i'm three and a half years in the business now so not as not as long but i'm curious like do you, is that a, a regret for you as well uh basically doing too many things one-on-one -on -one versus one-to-many because i think for myself now i'm all in on one-to-many like i you know it took me about i would say three years to fully realize it because because you know, i'm a salesperson at heart as well so like even though i do development and all this stuff like i built a multi-million dollar sales team and i've gotten to the point now where 97 percent of my sales don't come from me they come from my sales reps so i just yep. just let them sell but yep. i didn't realize that honestly social media is like doing a thousand cold calls right i mean you're you're getting all these people to know who you are and then they come to you right which is and you're basically selling every single one of them at once you're building that affiliation so i'm i am kind of kicking myself a little bit because i didn't have that aha moment earlier but i'm curious if you've seen the same thing with software i mean it's yeah. just, you're trying to offload these not offload but trying to move away from services so i imagine it's probably similar process well see see you're lucky and maybe a lot of a <laughs> lot of people that are getting into digital now they're very lucky because when i started people were still trying to figure the stuff out you know yeah. i mean literally they were trying to figure it out you know so i didn't know where i needed to be Do, uh, should i be in web dev i mean a piece of software i wasn't even sure what we needed to build and what it needed to accomplish right so yeah it's kind of like when I, when I used to, I used to be a print broker and I'd lose money on business cards because the customer will pay you 30 bucks for the cards. It take you two hours to design a stupid business card, right? You know, you spend like, you know, cause you got to send it back to them and then they send it back to you. And if I didn't sell them business cards, another print, they'd have to get them and another yeah. printer would sell it to them. So I launched and I figured, you know, we had our platform and we dealt, developed a couple of really cool, call them gotcha apps. I didn't talk about it today just because they need a refresh. But the bottom line is I had to build the websites because that was the lowest hanging fruit. And I'm a guy that goes after the money. The, the problem is I had to really learn how to build websites and what SEO was about and, you know, what content management system we wanted to build on. I mean, it was really, we were running across Easy Publish, Drupal, Open Cart, Magento, yeah. Joomla, you know, custom CRMs. It was insane, you know, all the yeah. different CRMs that we were working on. So I was kind of screwed because at the end of that long ass journey, I've got my feet in a lot of things and focus is really what it's all about. And had right. I launched and just stuck with platform sales, but I didn't have the knowledge, right? How do you build a product? that that's an seo product that's going to drive massive traffic if you haven't did it manually if you haven't really figured out how what you need to do to make that work and so yeah you know yeah i have regret 
I, I do. I, I, you know, my regret is that somebody didn't hand me a blank check way in the beginning. So I would have figured it out a long time ago. That you didn't invest in a Bitcoin in uh, 2012. Yeah, I regret that too. <laughs> I should have invested in Elon Musk Tesla because I, I was that was he, he was like my role model back in like 2016, and I, I should have invested. I never did. I never put any money, but I, I'd have probably millions of dollars now if I did. But you know, one of my last questions before we jump into the lightning round is, uh, how would you value? the company in terms of software because i have uh, another kind of mentor he owns a company called nuclear networking and uh, they have a software and uh, that is basically fuels the agency clients etc and he's kind of been back and forth with me about if that's seen as a separate line item that can be valued as a software company right yeah um, so i'm curious if I mean, honestly, to your business, it does seem like you lead a little bit more of software on the website than he does. Mm -hmm. So it might, it might get its own independent valuation. But I'm curious, like, how you look at that? Is it two separate things or is it a combined brand? Yeah, valuation? so we rebuilt, uh, we rebuilt our site. Um, I wanted it launched before the first, but anyway, first quarter is when it came out. Um, yeah. And we stripped away all the, the services stuff and just, just led with just products. The software is the money. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot, I mean, look, you can make a great living. I make a good living off of web dev, SEO, and online ad man management. We make a lot of money on it. We're good at it. It just requires a lot more uh, TLC, you know, tender love and care. You yeah. gotta, you gotta watch it more, but the more business we bring in in that area, the more people, the more people, the more people you have to, it's like a never ending reinvestment into the business software. I mean, you can, you can build genius with a very, very small team right. and scale that up. And so the yeah. value of a software platform, you know, it could be as high as a factor of 12. It can even be higher. I mean, I pay attention to a lot of that stuff where services might be a, factor two yeah you know? it's pretty it's pretty bad i mean I, I but i do think that the the one thing i do love about starting the services business first is it forced me to learn all the things i would need to know to run like a 10 million dollar software company because honestly it's uh it's a lot of the hard stuff that would be you know if i just went and raised like 10 million dollars vc funds i might not ever learn this because uh, you know i just kind of getting thrown money at me but i didn't have to go get it i didn't have to maintain it it's a lot harder so I totally understand. So, you know, just kind of jumping in because I know I kept you on for a little longer than I said. So just kind of jumping in here at the end here. How how old are you? You said 52? I'm 54. I hate to 54. say it. It's all good. It's all good. Agency age, you said 12 years, right? 11. 11 years. Okay. Any book recommendations? You said uh, Selling Fire. What was it called? Stealing Fire. Well, it started out really, really strong, but he's talking about achieving t maximum performance and he's talking a lot about psychedelic drugs and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so it, you know, I, I'm still figuring this guy out. I mean, he, he has a training program and he gets about 5K for it. And I've read some Quora on it. And these guys are saying that it's pretty solid. But, you know, he's, I, I'm trying to figure out, is this guy like, you know, should, am I going to get a sheet of drugs that I should be ingesting to like <laughs> reach peak performance and, you know, obliterate everybody? You know, he spent a whole yeah. chapter talking about Burning Man, which I do <laughs> kind of want to go to. It's some I know. I literally stuff. was watching uh, YouTube yesterday about Burning Man. It was saying that uh, the Black Rock City is a yes. city that's only for a week 
Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, it's pretty I'm crazy. thinking I'm thinking uh me and my son will go out there next year, but uh, uh, they do it every September just to say that that you done it. Yeah, you should. Up. But I read a lot. So, I mean, Outliners is is a is a good one. So, Influence was really good. Influence Psychology of Persuasion. Pitch Anything uh Oh yeah, that's it. is great. There's a book called Lying, Sam Harris. It's a really short book about lying. And I'm I'm a real truthful, honest person. I haven't always been that way, but I am. And this book made me even think even more. Like, you know, if, if a kid knocked on your door and said a killer's after him and you let him in, and then there's a knock on your door and it's the killer, and he asks you, is that kid in there? You know, do you lie? And I mean, he literally like, I'm like laughing when I read that book. So that's a fun book and never split the differences. Oh um, yeah. Unbelievable book. I actually then, met that guy. Never split the Chris Vaughn. Really? Yeah, yeah. He sounds like a really, really, really cool dude. And then anything by Jordan Peterson is good, but mm. one of my all time favorite and anything by Robert Greene. I mean, mm. uh, you know, the human laws of human nature, but, um, Daniel Kahneman thinking oh. fast and slow. Yeah. That's and I like point. that better than nudge, but yeah, but that, that was a hard read. It wasn't a, you know, it, it is a hard tough. read. I man. actually, I, I actually didn't get through the whole book, but I felt like I got a lot of the information that I needed after the first half, but it was a good book. Cause it definitely is one of those books that I didn't even need to, just the idea was so powerful that I, I didn't even necessarily need to read the whole thing to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea was so good that, yeah. So I've, definitely read that one but and then what's the end goal of the agency do you want to sell it do you want to harvest like generational well, thing hand it I'm off I'm really open obviously our goal is to get 10,000 business subscribers and sell the company for 100 million but mm. you know at the end of the day if money's coming in and and all is well I mean a lot of our products will work internationally in multiple languages so you know who knows my immediate goal is is constantly tweaking the processes and you know our systems and one thing i just wanted to say look you know entrepreneurs were fueled by money right we lead with that but honestly we want that feeling of, of being successful of doing something from nothing and being noticed for that right but i do a lot of like soul searching life you know type stuff it's really important to know why we're doing what we're doing and, and to do it responsibly, right? Because right. ultimately cutting corners or grabbing money just because it's easy to grab from somebody who doesn't really understand what it is that we're trying to sell them ultimately isn't going to, isn't going to get you there. And, you know, so I do a lot of that kind of, you know, levels of life, soul searching type thing. That's the, right. that's going to be the name of my book, by the way. <laughs> I love that. And if somebody were to hand you, last question, if somebody were to hand you a uh, a check to just sell everything, how big would that check need to be, do you think, in order to actually- Yeah, it's unfortunate. That's a good question because it's not where I want to be. But if somebody were to hand me, I don't know, 30 million, I'd have to seriously consider it. <laughs> so 6X revenue, basically. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. It's been really good having you. I have to say, it's definitely been one of my favorite interviews, especially because I think so many agency owners are trying to get the software, but so few have actually successfully executed it. So thank you for 
being on here. Is there anything, you know, the audience can do to help you out or is there anything that, you know, people should hit you up about? You know, I'm around if there's anything I can do to help anybody, but I'm always learning, man. I learned from you today. So thank you for that. <laughs> you know, we're all students, man. It's it's like Tony Robbins used to say, he'd be in a in a seminar and it'd be the most boring seminar on the planet. He's like never ever been in such a boring seminar. People are leaving, they're so bored. But he would sit there and watch this guy and he'd be like, fascinating. This guy's <laughs> so boring. And he would like turn it into a bit of a study. I'm not so sure that I have have that kind of, you know, staying power, but yeah. <laughs> I always look for the lesson in everything. That's amazing. Well, hopefully we can get you back on the show sometime in the future, but uh, thank you, Chris. And uh, Chris with Gotcha, he's got a great software company. Definitely check it out. Thank you for listening to the show, guys.